This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League. Presented by United Dairy Farmers. The Reds are on the radio. The Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Norcom. Your audiovisual information technology solutions provider, Norcom.com. JTM Food Group. Let's create great dishes together. Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. And by MSA Design. Design, create, innovate. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by Kelsey Chevrolet, home of lifetime powertrain protection and guaranteed credit approval. From our family to yours for life, visit KelseyChev.com. Ucrate, your custom crating and shipping solution. Visit Ucrate.com. And by United Dairy Farmers, UDF now makes donuts in our new family bakery from our own recipe. The Reds are on the radio. Now the Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network on 700 WLW. Good evening and welcome into the Reds Hot Stove League with Jim Day. I am Tommy Thraw and spring training is officially underway. How exciting is that, Jim? One of the best phrases in all the world. Pitchers and catchers report. Especially when we're looking at a foot of snow on the ground outside. Yeah, so let's warm up. Let's talk to someone in Arizona. That's right. Shall we? We should. We should. We certainly shall. And that someone in Arizona is one of the newest additions to the Reds' bullpen. Sean, do a little Sean. Thanks so much for being on with us today. By the way, can you just set the scene for us in Arizona and warm our souls for a moment? Oh, I gotta, I gotta put Sean on here. That's that's. Uh, you know what? That's on me. Hey, Sean, let's try this again. <laughs> You got me. It's well, yeah, we training for everyone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> welcome to the show. It's it, a it's a button I have to push, and uh, it, it, like you said, it's spring training, man. We're getting it. We're getting it down. That's why we're here. That's right. That's right. Well, let's try that again. How about you set the scene for us? What's it like in Arizona right now? Oh man, I don't I don't want to rub it in too much. Oh, go ahead. It, it's pretty. Please. It's pretty nice right now. It's seventy degrees, uh, light breeze, not a cloud in the sky. Uh, it's great baseball weather, that's for sure. All right, it's been great having Sean Doolittle. We appreciate you. <laughs> so did you throw today? I know this is a fit report and get physicals. Uh, did you throw today on your own? Today? Uh, yeah, I had, to, I had to improvise some stuff uh, once I got home um, to uh, get my workout in. But based on the, the COVID protocols, um, all we were allowed to do at the field today was, was get our physicals and um, you know, we got to set up our lockers and stuff and, um, you know, so it was, uh, it was still a really good day. Just, you know, meeting a lot of people at the ballpark, um, a lot of new faces, a lot of new names for me. Um, but there was, there's that, there's that energy and that excitement that comes with, uh, everybody, pitchers and catchers, at least reporting to camp. So it was a really, really good day. Your tweet today, uh, using a, a, a gift from, 
the weekend Super Bowl performance uh, of you trying to find your way around the uh, complex was outstanding. But that, in addition to how different spring training will be with the COVID protocols, as you touched on, what is it? How much different is it? And and, and how? I guess, uncomfortable is it being a new guy going through all of this and a new organization and, and all of that? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's uncomfortable. It, it, it's going to take me um, a little, probably longer to learn everybody's names, um, you know, because of the masks um, and, and everybody wearing Reds gear. It's hard to, sometimes it's hard to differentiate uh, when you've just met somebody um, and then, you know, you turn a corner and there's somebody wearing the same uniform. Um, it can be difficult to um, to re- recall uh, names sometimes. Um, so, I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm always kind of uh, really socially awkward. So, you know, that's kind of par for the course for me anyway. Um, but, you know, the, the, the protocols, I think we learned so much last year um, as we went through it around the league and, you know, things that were uncomfortable maybe in July or August by, by, you know, the end of August and into September, those things became the new normal. Um, and everybody, you know, everybody wants to keep everybody healthy. We want to play as many games as we possibly can. So, um, we're all in it together. And, um, you know, that's just part of where we're at now in 2021. Sean, you've been an all-star closer. You've won a World Series championship with the Nationals. Um, so far as service time goes, you're, you're coming up on 10 years. Uh, been there, done that. Last year, uh, had some problems, ran into some injury problems. And I know uh, mechanically you said you got into some bad habits. Um, this offseason, though, has given you a lot of encouragement. Can you explain to us why you're so encouraged and why you think you can get back to that level uh over what you've done this offseason? Yeah, so I, I, last year I came out of quarantine. Um, you, you know, I, I was feeling good, but mechanically I hadn't been off the mound in several months by the time summer camp rolled around. And um, I think I just developed some really bad habits. And then, you know, uh, in, in, in trying to correct those habits, um, I think um, that's where the injuries kind of cropped up. Um, I was doing a lot of extra work on the mound and, and trying to iron some things out, and um, you know it was a weird it was a weird season. Um, I but I learned a ton, um, you know, in trying to make those fixes. And that process started, you know, last year, um, you know, in August and September. And um, yeah, I got out to Arizona in October, and, and really started working on. You know what I had learned. I knew what I needed to fix, and uh, you know we really went back to the basics. We started breaking everything down and re-ingraining uh, better movement patterns. Um, doing a, a lot of uh, really, really heavy strength training. Um, I I was working out at a facility in uh, Tempe, Arizona, where um, Nate Irving, the Reds bullpen catcher, is a, an instructor in the off season. So I, I got to be around him. He helped me a ton. Um, another one of their pitching coaches, Simon Matthews, uh, ended up taking a, a job in the Reds organization as well. So um, I, I was definitely hearing a lot of things about the Reds and their organizational philosophies and stuff throughout that process. And, and those guys helped me so much. Um, you know, we were using video and we were using all of these, all of this technology to collect data and, 
Um, yeah, I mean, it was. I learned so much. Um, I, I feel like I'm in a really great spot. I've never, uh, I've never thrown this much off the mound coming into camp. I've, I've already, I already have a few live, uh, live at bat sessions under my belt. Um, it was thrown, you know, 12 or 15 bullpen sessions. Um, so I feel really, really prepared, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited about um, starting camp. A lot is being made about the fact that it was a shortened season and, and how is that going to affect pitchers coming into this year. Uh, I think most of that talk is surrounding starting pitchers, but I think it could affect relievers in some way, uh, perhaps in the same vein, if at all. So do you see the limited workload, and, and, and you had you certainly missed some time last year because of injury, but do you see any of that affecting the durability throughout the season this year? To be honest, I really don't know, and I think um, I think that's kind of like the the thought is that we're no one's really sure, you know, if last year is going to serve as maybe like a reset because everybody had a lighter workload and maybe you feel a little bit more fresh coming into camp, um, or if you know guys will start potentially running out of gas or. Um, uh, unfortunately, you know, does the injury risk increase because, you know, your your body isn't used to the workload after having a, a light workload last year? I don't think anybody really knows, um, you know, so I think everybody uh, really, that's been in the back of everyone's mind as we've been going through, like, off-season workouts um, and, and trying to do as much as we possibly can to give ourselves the best chance to, um, you know, to be able to contribute for the full 162 and, and, and playoffs. And, um, so, I mean, that's sort of like a really long-winded way of saying, like, <laughs> we're not sure. But, um, you know, I think one thing that, that I like about joining this group in the bullpen is that we have – a number of different guys uh, who can step up. We can we can mix and match roles a number of different ways, um, and, and I think you know together as a group um, we can really uh, shoulder that that workload. Uh, you know, spread the wealth so to speak, so that uh, you know we all give each other the best chance to uh, to stay healthy and, and help the team. Sean in the. Back in 2016, I think your four-seam fastball was in the 95-mile-per-hour range. Last year's number was like 90.7. So when you talked about the data that you received uh, over the winter here, is it higher velocity and an improved spin weight? Spin rate, is that part of the data? I have my fingers crossed right now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, um, you know, part of what we were what we were really hoping for this offseason um, that I've been working on is 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 getting that velocity back and and also last year I wasn't I wasn't moving well mechanically I wasn't in sync and and I didn't have nearly as much deception on the fastball and um, uh, that's one thing that um, that was the first thing that I you know I really wanted to focus on was was getting that deception back and and um, you know really allowing the spin rate. To help the ball, um, you know, look to the hitter like it's, you know, jumping out of the hand and, um, you know, creating that, that rising effect to the hitter that, that, um, you know, I, I really have had a lot of success with, um, over the course of my career. And, um, you know, so that was the first thing that we really started working on 
and that came back really quick, um, the, the vertical break. And I could always, uh, you know, throughout my career, I've always spun the ball pretty well. Not necessarily in terms of just how fast I spin. I'm barely above, above league average on the fastball, but it, for me, it's about the, the efficiency that it comes out with, the, the way that the, the axis that it spins on, it's really true, and it, and it creates that rise. And, um, you know, here in the last maybe two months, um, the velocity has, has really started to come back. And, um, you know, I've, I've had uh, some really good outings, some really good work sessions um, over at Goodyear at the complex uh, here over the past couple of weeks that, that we're really excited about. So the velocity is um, already ahead of where it was last year during the season. And I normally get another tick uh, uh, it, during spring training when you're facing hitters in a game situation. And then I typically get another uh, bump up once the regular season rolls around. You know, some of these some of these young guys, man, they roll out of bed and they throw 95 in the off season, and then the season comes and they throw 95. But some of us old guys, we need that adrenaline rush that that comes with uh, that comes with uh, playing in a in a regular season game. So I'm excited about where I'm at and and what it you know where we could go from here. No question. Well, Sean, uh, th- we love talking baseball with you, but there's so much more to you, and I want to get into some of that stuff. Do you mind sticking around for another segment? Absolutely. All right. We'll talk some fun stuff as well. Not that baseball isn't fun, but we'll get to know you on a little more personal level when we come back as the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grove Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. The Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. With Jim Day, I am Tommy Thrawn. We are chatting with Sean Doolittle. And uh, Sean, thanks so much for sticking around and continuing our chat. One thing I want to talk to you about, you are a wildly popular figure in the cities you've played in. What, what do you think it is and how do you endear yourself so well to the fans and the cities that you play in? And, and you do it so quickly. I know the, that Reds fans have already really taken to you. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Um, to be honest, um, I wish I had an answer. Um, you know, I I really do enjoy uh, getting to interact with fans on social media. Um, I think that's a big part of it. Um, I I really feel um, like I'm somebody that was a you know a huge baseball fan that you know just completely lucked out and won the lottery and got to play major league baseball. And I'm trying to enjoy absolutely every part of this experience that I possibly can and. Um, my wife and I have done a lot of work um, in the communities that we've played in, and I think that's maybe another reason that's allowed us to uh, connect with fans on, on a different level um, outside of the ballpark as well. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I try to be accountable when it comes to you know my performance and, and, and my relationship with the media. Um, and, um, you know, maybe explain myself sometimes and provide some context for, uh, you know, what I did or didn't do on the field. Um, but uh, I really don't know. I, I really feel like I've been incredibly lucky to um, have had the relationship with the, the fans that I've gotten to play in front of, and I'm looking forward to that in Cincinnati. On well, your self-proclaimed 
socially awkward is what you said earlier. So that's a that's interesting dynamic that you think you're socially awkward, but you connect with the fans. I find that uh, fascinating, and to your credit, it, it keeps it in, it keeps yeah. it interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, and you also said that. Uh, I know everyone talks up their new team in their new city, but you seem to be genuine when you say that you think Cincinnati's a sleeper town and that you and your wife yeah. have already explored the city. I know you're big into bookstore books and going to vintage bookstores and, and such. Is it true that you bought a Grateful Dead, I want to say shirt, and a corduroy jacket that's still in rotation from Cincinnati today? Yeah, it is. And uh, my wife and I were trying to go on, on um, you know, Apple Maps and try to figure out the store we bought it from. And it was somewhere in Over the Rhine. Um, and it's a, it's a Grateful Dead shirt from uh, their 1980 tour. And, um, uh, yeah, I still wear it in heavy rotation. My wife and I heavy are huge deadheads. And, uh, and, and the jacket, it's, a, it's, a, it's an old L.L. Bean flannel jacket um it's a little itchy but it looks really cool so you know it so i'm all about how you look man that's what i'm saying it's really warm it's really really warm um so i'll definitely i'll definitely bring it it'll make the trip to cincinnati for it'll come in handy that beginning part of the season but that was um that was from 2018 Sorry, my my dog, my puppy is uh, chewing on her squeezy toy right now, and that's not helping. That's not just the radio. Too. Oh, that is my life. Yeah, um, you don't you don't no need problem. to apologize to us for that. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was in 2018 when I was with the Nats. Um, we opened up in Cincinnati, and I believe we got rained out on opening day, and we ended up having like five or six days in Cincinnati by the time we got to, uh, by the time we played the series. So we wandered around a bunch um, during that time. Um, that was in, that was pre-COVID, obviously. So that was the before times where you could walk around and really explore. And um, we really love it. We we're, we're excited about getting to know the city more and getting involved and uh, moving to Cincy. Uh, you, I, I we haven't talked much. In fact, this is really the first time we've had a chance to chat. But I would say one of the things that probably really makes you uh, appeal to fans so well is that you are uh, you are just genuinely yourself at all times. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. <laughs> um, and that's a good thing. I, 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 I'm looking through your Twitter feed here and your Valentine's Day picture of the Taco Bell that uh, you and your wife have had every Valentine's Day that you guys have been together. You got to you got to tell us the story there. So um, the the first Valentine's Day that my wife and I, uh, back when we were dating, um, we we were still doing the long distance thing. Um, she was living in L.A. I was in um, I was in uh, Arizona getting ready for spring training, and um, so we weren't together. And it was you know beginning of our relationship. And I sent her a picture. I picked up Taco Bell like on my way home, I think, from the field, and I took a picture. I put uh, two tacos in the shape of a heart and <laughs> sent that to her. And um, and then, you know, ever since then, it's you know, it kind of started out as a joke, but ever since then, um, we go to Taco Bell for for Valentine's Day. So I love it's that. A, it's a silly thing that we have a lot of fun with. That's outstanding. Well, Sean, look forward to seeing you out in Arizona. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. Hopefully, we chat again soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That is Sean Doolittle. Reds fans are going to absolutely love that guy. Reds Hot Stove League continues next on the Reds Radio Network. 
Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League with Jim Day. I am Tommy Thrall. As always, we're presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF, the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum, presented by Dinsmore's, once again offering off-season Great American Ballpark Tours. The tour features outdoor areas throughout the ballpark and includes locations never before offered on the standard tour. Tours are available each Saturday and Sunday through March. Tickets at redsmuseum.org. Phone number, if you want to be a part of the show, 513-749-7000. Pound 700 for AT&T customers and 1-800-THE-BIG-1. Again, that phone number, 513-749-7000. Well, Jim, we talked about it uh, being the official start of spring training. Pitchers and catchers reporting today. And uh, for us media types, it officially got underway with our first round of Zooms. A Zoomcast, as I like to call them. <laughs> yes. Lots of Zooming. Uh, we heard from David Bell today. Sonny Gray spoke. Lucas Sims all talked today. And mm-hmm. and one of the things that, that has been a big question all spring is what is this team going to look like? Because it seems like there has been more subtraction than addition. Uh, but we need to keep in mind, and you and I have talked about this extensively, the core of this team is still largely intact. And the biggest piece of this team that they lost uh trevor bauer we expected to be gone once the last pitch of the season was thrown anyway well yeah we we, we've talked about this Uh, the perception out there is that they have sold off or traded away most of their team or their core and that is just not the case now have they gone out and spent free agent money significant this year no not many have i'm going to take them at their word that they are spending above their means right now, which I do think they are. Right. They went out and spent some money last year. Castellanos, Moustakis, Akiyama, Wade Miley. Those guys are still being paid this year. They're still a part of it. They did not sell those guys away. Um, so when you look at their payroll, which you know is in mid-pack, it is respectable when you're talking about the smallest market in baseball. I think they're spending above their means so that they can compete in 2021, which I do think they will. And could set them up for more success in the future. If you have success this year, you get more money, and then it snowballs from there. David Bell kind of talked about how he feels about the way this team is coming into camp. Our our team is still in place. I mean, it's not exactly the same team. Obviously, we we lost a, a couple guys, but for the most part, it's the same group. And it's the same group that, um, you know, through great challenges over the last couple of years, especially last year, uh, which all teams had, really, um, really overcame a lot. And there were several times during last season where things could have gone the other way and guys stayed with it. And it was important to our players um, and to our team to keep going and continue to build, um, you know, a winning environment. And it finally showed up the last few weeks of the season. Um, all the hard work finally paid off, which, you know, um, it was still relatively early in the season, in a normal season. And I think that's a, a valid point, that, that if you look at a normal season, when the Reds went on their roll and won series after series after series that got them into the postseason, you're looking at that being a pre-All-Star break run. Yeah. that gets this team very competitive. Now one of the questions remains the rotation. Here's what David Bell had to say about where the rotation stands right now. We still see 
our rotation as a strength. And again, not ready to to name our rotation for the season. It, it's just too early, but uh, you know, a, a strength. Obviously, we lost Trevor, and 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 um, we all know what a significant loss that is. But to be able to say that our rotation is still a strength is pretty impressive for the depth that we have. Um, I think the, you know, with, you mentioned Sonny, of course, he's going to be at the top um, of a rotation. Luis Castillo, uh, Tyler Malley with the uh, progress he made last season um, just seems to get better and better. And and then we have several options. I mean, you look at, at Michael Lorenzen, who's going to get an opportunity to, um, uh, you know, to show us what he can do as a starter. Um, you know, he's been a good pitcher for a long time and, um, you know, he's, he's going to get that opportunity. Um, uh, Wade Miley, key for Wade is just staying healthy and working super hard to, to stay healthy. We know he can pitch. Um, and then we have, you know, we have other options. We have depth, which is going to be important this season. You brought in Hoffman, um, Jose De Leon had an excellent winter in Puerto Rico and and we know the talent that he is. So you just never know um, who's going to step up. And somebody in there is, is going to, they're going to go with a five man rotation to start the season. Whoever doesn't make the rotation out of that group is going to end up in the bullpen, which you mm-hmm. would figure is going to strengthen your bullpen a little bit too. I, I don't think there's any doubt. And in fact, they talked about uh, some of the guys that are, um, you know, in the bullpen that are solidly in the bullpen. And then those other spots, a couple of them are going to go to the guys that don't make the rotation, whether it be a Lorenzen, whether it be a TJ Antone, um, who am I thinking about um, drawing a blank? Jose right? De Leon you know, is another guy, guy I'm yeah. thinking about. And there's uh, a lot of – there. Yeah, Kyle Bodie has been very high on him in the offseason yeah. and progress that he's made. Right. And, you know, one of the wild cards is what happens with Wade Miley. Um, you would think you would pencil him into that fourth spot. But that one's kind of up in the air as well, health-wise, and we'll see how he bounces back. Fifth spot, definitely wide open. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I wanted to backtrack real quick. Just, right. I want to clarify something that I said. I said that I think that they are spinning above their means. I, I probably wasn't the right phrase to use. What I mean is that their budget, looking at what is going to come in, uh, you know, what their revenue is last year and this year, as opposed to what's going out. When you look at that, they're spending more than they normally would. Sure. In that circumstance. I, yeah, I think that I think that makes sense. But I don't mean by means that they don't have some money to go out and spend if they wanted to. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, lose more money in theory. <laughs> well, they're... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a tough situation. The Reds are not in a unique situation when it comes to that. That they're and I think that's it's why they're a pretty good team, man. It's I'm, a, I'm it's excited to see them play. When you look at the 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 way teams and the, the way publications are picking this division, the Reds are right there with everybody else. Now they've been picked fourth in a lot of these, but they're not. It's not like they're out of the race. Yeah. Everybody's well, bunched together. Yeah, the good news there, and if you believe the prognosticators, and you certainly pay attention to Vegas because they are right a lot, or at least close, they have the Cardinals winning the division at like 90 games. Some having 88, 89 yeah. games winning the division. If that's the case, it's a very winnable division. Very. We've got more from today's press conferences. We can hear from Sonny Gray and Lucas Sims. We'll also take your phone calls. More to get to. It's the Reds Hot Stove League. Phone number 513-749-7000. Pound 700 for AT&T customers. Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. 
The Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. The Reds and World Series champion Eric Davis have launched a campaign to encourage youth baseball and softball participation in recreational leagues across greater Cincinnati and Reds country. The Reds and Reds Community Fund will work to connect parents to local teams in time for the spring and summer baseball and softball leagues. For additional information, including a list of drive through sign-up locations, visit reds.com slash sign-up. He's Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrall. Thanks so much for hanging with us. Talking some spring training here in the Reds Hot Stove League. You can be a part of the show. All you have to do, pick up your telephone, punch in the numbers 513-749-7000. Maybe you're an AT&T customer, pound 700 on your mobile device. We're talking about David Bell's comments. Sonny Gray also spoke to the media today. Uh, it was great to hear from Sonny. He is, uh, he is a very, very friendly fella, and, uh, boy, he likes to talk. He does like to talk. And it'll, uh, you know, you'll have a session, uh, maybe a 15-minute session with a player, and uh, some players will get, you know, eight to ten questions asked of him. Sonny, one or two. Yeah. He'll cover your 15 minutes It's It's amazing how much different he is now than when he first got here. I remember his first spring. He wouldn't say anything. No, when he, it was uh, in, in the, the next spring last year when he showed up. I even, I even said to him, I go, are you, what happened to you? you same, same guy. He just feels more comfortable. Yeah. New York just did not treat him well. Nice. He, he went into a shell, and then he came, came here and kind of cracked that shell, and then he came back last spring training. Not only a different person, he was a leader on the yeah. team. Yeah, and I think he's really embraced that leadership role. And, and yeah. he talked about it. He said, hey, when there were rumors that were surfacing that, that he might get traded, he wasn't happy about it. And, and you know what? I was, I was happy he said that, but I don't yeah. know that there was really ever any merit to those rumors, which is yeah. which probably a difficult situation to be in as a player. Uh, one thing he did talk about was uh, how, how the Reds' taste of the postseason last year uh, could, could better position them for this season. I think everyone got the feeling of playing in the postseason and, um, and, and and being in a race to play in the postseason at the end of the season, um, at the end of the regular season. So just being able to, I mean, that's the feeling you want. Like that's the feeling, that's the feeling that you just hope to have. Um, I mean, traditionally, you know, August, September, I mean, you want to be in a position to, Put, you want to put yourself in a position to play for the postseason. Uh, so, so I don't, I don't, I personally don't know if like the way I, the way I would think, I don't know if, if motivation or whatever is, is the word, but I just think more of like an understanding of what it takes and more, more of an understanding to, to, to get to that feeling. Cause I think people have, for, for some people who have not been to the postseason, who have not had that feeling at the end of the season, you get to August and you get to September and traditionally it, it, it just becomes very normal to be setting up off season vacations and, and, and figuring out what you're going to do in the off season and, you know, showing up to the field just to show up and, and finish this thing out. And the last day of the season is the last day of the season. And, and to have the last day of the season, not be the last day of the season is something that playing in the postseason and, and getting to the playoffs and doing that and going through September like pushing for the same thing is way more enjoyable. And I think a lot of people felt it is way more enjoyable than, than setting up a, an off season vacation or, or, or packing your bags to try and go home or, or it, it's way more enjoyable that like that postseason is, is a better vacation than anything you could take. 
Love that line. Postseason is a better vacation than anything you could take. I like that line. Yeah. Bora Bora. <laughs> yeah, it's better. It's better. <laughs> a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit better. <laughs> Just a little, when you go Bora Bora, you know. Well, that's never been. I couldn't tell you what it's like. <laughs> uh, no, Luke, I, I love it, too. It's, it's great. I, I, think, I, I really think that this team uh, still, still has some potential. They certainly seem to uh, believe in themselves. And, and Lucas Sims talked about how, you know, trading away uh, Rysel Iglesias, what that possibly does for the back end of the rotation. He's a guy that kind of likes the idea that he might, might have a chance to, to close out games at the, at the end. You know, if, if you're in the rotation, you want to be an ace. Um, and if you're in the bullpen, you want to be that, the back end to, to lock it down. So, um, you know, when, when I saw that move, um, you know, I, I saw it as an opportunity to go out there and, uh, you know, go out there and, and do what I know I'm capable of. And, of course, there's been that, I guess you can call it a feud. I put air quotes around the word feud uh, with Amir Garrett because Amir says, hey, I, I'm, oh, I'm going to be the closer. It's a friendly, friendly banter. It is. Teammate and, banter. And I love it. I so, like. so Amir on Twitter posted something about showing up to spring training uh, as the new closer, and it's a picture of him rolling his dog in a dog stroller, looking pretty cool. And then Lucas responds with a great gif from curb your enthusiasm. Larry David saying, we'll see. That's just the, that's good competition. That makes a bullpen hey, better. Competition, uh, man, it breeds success. Uh, and there's, uh, it also breeds some fear of, you know, losing your job or losing an opportunity. I, I think it's great in a competitive nature and they, those guys can have fun with it. Um, I'm not sure I see one guy being the closer. I think we might see one by committee. They even talked about Amir and Lucas Sims being a two-headed monster, which mm-hmm. Lucas said, that's a pretty cool phrase, dude. And uh, so I, it'll, it'll be interesting. I'm glad his elbow's all right. I was a little yeah. worried when I hear your tightness in an elbow from someone that's max out like Lucas Sims is, who spends it like Lucas. When you hear tightness in the elbow, you're like, oh, jeez. But... Apparently he's okay. He's good. He says he will be ready to go by opening day. We'll get to your phone calls when we come back, and we'll wrap it up. This is the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. It's the Reds Hot Stove League with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrall. Wrapping things up, Reds Ballpark Operations Department is looking for additional team members for the upcoming season at Great American Ballpark. Positions are in seasonal event security and seasonal guest services. Visit reds.com slash jobs to apply today. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got Chris in Fort Mitchell. What's up, Chris? Hey, guys. How are you? Great. Good. Hey, I I know you guys are excited about this, but offensively, I mean, based upon what we had today, your shortstop, it can't hit. Your starting catcher really can't hit. You got a pitch. Now we don't have a DH. You got a pitcher spot that can't hit. That's three outs. And let's be quite honest. I mean, there's there's a chance Votto could could fall off the cliff. I mean, I, I just don't see where this offense is coming from. Yeah, appreciate the call. I I, I don't. I well, I'm optimistic, so I'm always going to be optimistic. But I, I think the offense comes from guys that underperformed last year, and I, I think you'll see some offense there. I I don't know what shortstop's going to look like. Uh, you could see a platoon situation where maybe you are able to find some offense there. I think you'll see a platoon situation at catcher, too. Uh, Tucker Barnhart, I know, has made some offensive adjustments. He's coming into camp pretty confident. It'll be his second full year as strictly hitting left-handed. So maybe you'll get a little bit more production there. That 
that's a those are those are some big maybes, but there's also the potential there for something. Well, there's always maybes in baseball. There's always things that you hope for and some things that you bank on. And one thing you're hoping for is you get Shogo Akiyama to hit in the leadoff spot like he did the latter part of the season. That will tremendously help. You have Votto now that's hitting for more power. We'll see after a year of going back to that how that turns out. I'm excited about Suarez. He's down like 10 to 15 pounds. He's in the best shape he's ever been. I think he's on a mission. Moustakis and Castellanos, I think, will perform above their level of what they did last and year. And I think those the, are the hopes. No question. And Winker can flat out hit if but he stays out. You have to have all that for this team to be successful. So those that's why you hope for that. Because that's what that's what's this team's capable of. I think the other thing that you look at too is the fact that um I I just I just feel like they figured out a way to produce runs last year, and that was a big step in the right direction for this team. Even if they weren't hitting, they found a way to score runs, and that's what you got to do. We're out of time. Big thanks to Sean Doolittle, also to the broadcast sheriff, Dave Keaton, for keeping us on the air. Enjoy talking baseball with you, as always. For Jim Day, I'm Tommy Thrall. Thrall, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. It's the Reds Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.